We're back. Welcome to the Go For It on Fourth podcast. I'm your host, Chris Scott, joined today by Stuart Tomlin. Hooray, we're back. Hello. And Cal Balfour. Ah, it's been so long. Well, today we're going to be looking at the AFC and giving our AFC predictions. Now, this podcast has been recorded over two days due to some technical issues and busyness during the week. So a little bit of uh, time difference between when we did the AFC North, South and East and when we did the West in the playoffs, but uh, pretty sure it'll be fine. Well, thankfully, uh, you know, as... As is normal in the the go for on fourth jinx is uh, thankfully no no major developments happened over uh, the course of these last few days that will drastically alter our uh, count of tales. No, the, I mean, the only ca- that only happens after we've published the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. After, after you hit the publish after editing, yeah. then we're like, yeah, uh, Quentin Nelson down with an ACL tear, and they're like, oh right, right, back in. <laughs> Speak that into existence. <laughs> I'm sorry, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> so we're going to begin our predictions with the AFC North. And I'll start by telling you how the North finished last year. Cincinnati finished last at 4-11-1. The Browns were 11-5 and and made it through as the sixth seed in the playoffs. Baltimore also finished 11-5. That was good enough for the fifth seed. And the Steelers won the division at 12 and 4. So I will start with you, Stuart, if you'd like to give us your rundown of your predictions for the 2021 AFC North season. Okay, so there is quite a lot of parity in this division, but right now, as it stands, I see it as the Pittsburgh Steelers finishing bottom of the division with a 7 and 10 record. Oh, okay. The Cleveland Browns in third place with eight and nine. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. In second place, I have the Cincinnati Bengals also on eight and nine. And I have the Baltimore Ravens at 11 and six. Wow. Uh, I'll go next because I know I know that's uh Kyle has a pretty hot take with this division, and I'd like to hear that. I'm, I'm actively uh, looking last... at it right now. Like <laughs> I, I'm still trying to be nice. Okay. Uh, I have Cincinnati in last place at 2-15. and 15. Slightly different to what you had, Stuart. Uh, <laughs> I, have Pitts- <laughs> I have Pittsburgh in third place at 7-10. and 10. Uh in second place, good enough for the fifth seed in the AFC playoffs, the Baltimore Ravens at 13 and 4. Ooh. And in first place, with a record of 14 wins and three losses, the Cleveland Browns. Oh my word. So for me, I have in in uh, in fourth place, I have the Cincinnati Bengals at 3 and 14. As for this one, uh, I know I'm going to get heat for this, and I tried. And if I look at my original prediction, it's not too far off. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers massively regressing to a three and fourteen. Oh my word! I, I tried, but I just I don't see it with them this season. But we'll get into that later on. I have the Baltimore Ravens 
uh, staying strong uh, with a 13 and four. And the Cleveland Browns, I am all in on the factory of it's not it's not a factory of sadness anymore, but a factory of optimism. I have them at a 15 and two record. Oh my! Wow. Well, I thought I had been optimistic with the Browns. I've also, I've just, those two losses are bogey losses off the Ravens, for the record. I was like, I tried, but listening to like uh, the bootleg podcast and they were just showering all the praise on the Browns and there's a lot of reason to understand why. Like, I am all in on the Browns this season. I I, for me, the big factor with the Browns is their playoff win last year and then coming really close to beating the Chiefs in the divisional round. Uh, there was something Mike Evans, the uh, Buccaneers wide receiver, said in the offseason that when Tom Brady came to Tampa Bay, one of the biggest factors in why they, that turned them into a Super Bowl team was because the rest of the team suddenly believed in themselves more. So it's like, well, we have Tom Brady. Whereas before they, they'd get into positions that's like, yeah, but we're the Bucks, you know, the Buccaneers, um, and I think those wins in the playoffs will have a similar effect for the Browns, where maybe before there is that sort of thing in the back of your head where it's yeah, but we're the Browns, we're not good because we're the Browns, and now they know they can win, they can win in the playoffs. I think it's going to build their confidence. I, I think they're going to be in for a big year this year. So there's a lot of talent on that team. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, there is, there are no outlying weaknesses. There is no big, giant, red, glowing weak point on this team. Yeah. No. See, for me, though, there is, the, there is the fact that Cleveland just seems to not be able to have happiness for a long time, of, uh, <laughs> a long period of time. Yes, and, they, they they can't escape their sh- their their shadow. Yeah, I just I just you know the whole disaster for Scotland thing. I think the NFL equivalent is very much disaster for Cleveland because every time they get some kind of shred of happiness, it gets taken away from them. And I feel like I I think it was a great season for them last year, but I every year we get a team that regresses from that kind of season and it would be a massively Cleveland Browns thing to do to regress. So oh yeah I'm like not, it, it, it's yeah. this this is either like finally finally the breakout year for a team that is loaded top to bottom with talent has real coaching has a real quarterback asterisk to be further assessed it would be the Piece de resistance if they somehow, somehow find a way to bottle this. I hope not. For like, yeah. come on, come on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there that I hope I'm wrong when it comes to Cleveland. I hope they have a good season, but at the same time, not. Yeah, that is my that's my reasoning. It just feels like the sort of thing Cleveland would do. And I know they got to the AFC, the AFC Divisional round last year, and they got close to beating the Chiefs, but they did not beat the Chiefs. Yeah, no. they were a you know, fourth down backup quarterback throw away. 
Yeah. A miraculous play. Oh, um, miraculous they, might be a bit they lost, you, we, have, we do have to temper the fact that they did lose to Chad Henney last season in the playoff. I'm just throwing that fact out there. <laughs> I think we seem to be in some kind of consensus with is that the Pittsburgh Steelers last year's AFC North champions are going to fall back down. I've got them at 7-10. and 10, Third so place. You, you've got them 7-10, bottom of the division. I um, Big Ben was dreadful against the Browns in the playoffs, funnily enough. Yeah, I, but they were still, still 11 games in a row last year. Yeah, then, uh, how? They did, but then they lost five. Yeah, yeah, five, yeah, I, five I, straight onto their way. They basically yeah. drunkenly stumbled into the playoffs and it took, like, what, 17 seconds for them to... Just not even that, mate. Not even that. The first play of the the first play of the game was a touchdown, and it was pretty much over beyond that. The Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. playoff run last season lasted about three seconds, and I don't know. I just think it's a team with a lot of eagles, and I mm. I feel like how many times have we said this about the Pittsburgh Steelers over the years? You know. Especially with wide receivers. They seem to find a gem of a wide receiver, then he gets an eagle and walks out the door. And except, then we uh, go on to the next one. Except he stayed because he couldn't get offers. He did stay. Yeah, he did stay, but on a one-year one deal. deal. Yes, because uh, he, he, Juju couldn't get any decent offers el- elsewhere. So, But, yeah, had... but to, be fair, to be fair to Juju, that's because of the, the salary cap not going up. Yeah, Honestly, I could see him walking out the door next season to a bigger oh, deal yeah, definitely. elsewhere. Definitely, with the cap going back up next year, definitely. Absolutely. Some, somebody's going to overpay him for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. Mm, well, it depends, because there was that bit where it was the TikToks and the logo dancing and the fact that Chase Claypool is now the new hotness, so it wasn't even that I he mean, was the best receiver on the team. He is going to be the first signing for the Washington Red Wolves. <laughs> I am massively, I could see that massively, massively on brand, massively on brand move for them. New brand yeah. as well, funnily enough. We'll talk about the Washington football team next week when we do the NFC. All right, sorry. Before we move on from Pittsburgh, Big Ben looks finished, and I think this team yeah. thinks with him. He doesn't look like the Big Ben of old, but I don't think. I think seven and ten's fair for the rest of the roster. Three and fourteen seems a little harsh, Kyle. I I tried, I tried, but I, I'm looking not at hard it. enough. Like okay, okay, <laughs> I'll, all right, fine. I'll maybe swing them one against uh, Vegas, but other teams like they've got. Well, they're not beating Cleveland. I'll tell you that, and they're not beating Baltimore. Other ones they've got. They've got the Bills. They've got the Packers. They've got the Chiefs. It. They've got some very tough competition. It's Lots a tough schedule very, for them. Yeah, it's a very tough schedule. It's the toughest schedule in the NFL this year, on paper. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't. We don't know who actually has the toughest schedule till they play games. Yeah. yeah. At this point, we're just throwing darts at a wall. Let's be honest. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. 
But, so I'll adjust it slightly because I'll swing them one against uh, I think that they'll be uh, Vegas at home in week two. So I've altered it to four and 13, which was uh, in my original paper prediction that I wrote uh, outside in the sun. So I just I just don't see it this year. Like it's Big Ben on this is the last ride for Big Ben. Their O line is decimated. Their run game is non-existent now, and they have two good receivers. But how good can they be? It all depends on. It all depends and rides by Big Ben. This team rides and dies by this man going out into the sunset. They drafted a, drafted a running back. First round this year as well. Yes, no, they absolutely yeah. when they absolutely shouldn't. I mean, James Connor's no. gone. He's gone to Arizona mm-hmm. now. So yeah, I. Well, Najee Harris is a very good player, but I didn't feel James Connor was the problem with their running game last year. It was the offensive line. Neither did I. Not. Neither did I. And, and I think they should have gone off. Yeah, as we talked about in the draft, I feel like they should have gone offensive line in the first round, but. Yeah. What, uh, what I want. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I just to... Go ahead, Cal. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, just to make it uh, quick, of uh, like, it wasn't just that they let like two run of the mill linesmen go, but uh, Marquis Pouncey, like, the, you know, that guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Ah, he retired, didn't he? Yeah. He retired. He, he, yeah. he called it. And then it oh, was, you... I think it was Alejandro or something or. Yeah. I think it was one of their linesmen. He went to Baltimore. I'm not even sure uh, if they yes. have De Castro. No, De Castro's they let go. He's a free agent. Yeah, I believe. And... Unless he signed somewhere recently. Wasn't he right. being tipped to be an absolute superstar a couple of years ago? Yeah. Well, I, I, the the whole the whole Pittsburgh line as an entity was the best line in football. We, we should move. We should move on. We can't talk about the Steelers forever. I just want to say they're a team that should be starting a rebuild, and they feel like a team that sort of don't realize they should be starting a rebuild. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Saying I, I want to talk about Cincinnati though, because sure, eight and nine for the Bengals. Two words, Joe Burrow. Fresh off an ACL tear. Yeah, I, li- I, was say, I like two words: knee injury. I like Joe Burrow though. I like I do like you know you know me. I'm I'm a big I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. I've been pushing for them to get him some offensive line help. They did in the second round, uh, which was I was enough. I was questioning, but they did get him a premium wide receiver as well. Yeah, they so, got his body. I I know at the start, at least at the start of camp, I haven't checked in a few weeks, but he was really struggling in camp because he's still getting over the knee injury. Uh, I don't see eight wins from this Bengals team. Outside of Burrow and Jamar Chase, if he's as good as we hope, um, and Joe Mixon, I guess. Their defense is one man. I don't see where you're getting eight wins from. Um, See, that's that's the thing, though, for me. Bengals... uh... Ugh. I I I like Joe Mixon. Well, I like him as a player, as a human being. Massively, massively different take, but hey ho. Uh, they have given that offensive line a boost. I feel like the Bengals are going to be a team where they they win games. 
by just simply scoring more points than you, you know? I don't think they're going to score more points than a lot of teams, though. I, I, I love your optimism. It is. I will, I will throw this out here. It's a massively optimistic take, but mm-hmm. I think the Bengals might surprise a few people. There's always that team, as I say as well. Like I said with the Browns, there's always that team that will bounce and have a bit of a, what do you call it, a surprising year. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Bengals, Kyle? Like, I want I want to cheer for this team, but a Joe Burrow fresh off it, and yeah, they got his pal, and they actually have good depth weapons like uh, Higgins and Boyd, uh, both, mm. well, uh, very good fantasy options if you're uh, looking for switches mid-season, wink, wink. It just, I think it's just going to be more of the same. Joe Burrow's going to get left out to die. And it doesn't matter how dynamic Jamar Chase is. They're not, he's not, Burrow isn't going to get the time off him. I think it's going to, it's just, I, it's going to be more of the same. I don't think Zach Taylor is a very good coach either. Uh, that too. I think it's more of the same not, for this one. Maybe they'll get it together next season, but I don't know. Mine is, let, I, let's see, let's see how it pays off for them. But while I respect Tomlin for, uh, investing some optimism hey. in it, I I can't. Hey, go oh, big or oh, go oh. home. There's no there's no point doing predictions if you're not going to put something wild in. Yeah, exactly. I think this is my wildest one of the season. And quite frankly, I I I know it's I know this comment is going to be hilariously uh, laughed out of the the uh, the room here. They did just beat the Super Bowl champions. <laughs> in the pre-season, pre-season I don't know, that's care. the joke that's the joke so they've got a better practice squad than the Buccaneers do <laughs> that's what we're going we should talk about the Ravens I just more of the good. same more of the same they're good they bolstered in the offseason they had a good draft I, they're well coached I, they're a great organisation it's I more really of the same I what they did they, they brought in uh, I believe they brought in Sammy Watkins and then we drafted Rashawn Bateman. I yeah. think that's great. That's going to be great for Lamar Jackson, giving him some big receivers to to go along with uh, Hollywood Brown. They obviously already had a great running game. The defense is solid. I've got them second in the division, but that's only because I've given the Browns 14 wins. Um, but I think they're a real threat in the AFC. Fifth seed, I have them. Regular season been... threat, uh, that is the asterisk that I've got for them because the losses that I have for Baltimore are all against like playoff-bound teams. And the question that we keep saying about Baltimore every season is this team, when it comes when it comes to crunch, this team is soft. I... So it, it's, it, the question for the Ravens this season is, so what are you going to do this time? You're putting up or are you going to fold again? I'm not gonna lie. I, I, you know, you guys know I have a massive soft spot for the Ravens. Uh, I have a lot of time for that team. I, I know a few people who support them who I really love, and uh, the the I I really rate them as a team. I love Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. You know, I think their running game is fantastic. I think their wide receivers are fantastic. I think their defense has always been brilliant. It's always been a staple of Ravens football. And I've got them as a three seed at the moment. 
I think they will win this division. Anything else in the AFC North you want to you want to talk about? Yeah, I had one one addition uh, to that. Apparently, Cincinnati Bengals fans were voted the booziest in the NFL. I think that's because they do they not have uh, some of the cheapest rates. I think so. Yeah. Besides, as well, a state like Ohio, Ohio is quite well known for its beer production. You're gonna want. Yeah, and you're going to want to be drunk if you're at a Bengals game. That is also <laughs> true. So it's a win, it's a win-win. So with that, we'll move on to the AFC South. I'll start us off uh, by telling you where everybody finished last year. In the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars finished dead last with a record of one win and 15 losses. The Houston Texans finished second with a record of 14 and 12. In second place was Stewart's Indianapolis Colts with a record of 11 and 5, good enough for the seventh seed. And top in the division, the Tennessee Titans with a record of 11 and 5. Let's get started with the predictions. Again, I'll go first here. The Houston, I have in fourth place the Houston Texans with a record of one and sixteen. In third place, the Jacksonville Jaguars with a record of seven and ten. Second place with a record of nine and eight, the Tennessee Titans. And in first place with a record of ten wins and seven losses, the Indianapolis Colts. Good enough for fourth seed. Kyle, would you like to give us your predictions? I too have uh, the Houston Texans at one in sixteen. I haven't been quite. I've been quite shrewd on the on the Jags, but my I have them at four and thirteen, computer wise. I had them at a five and twelve uh, on my initial write up, but I'm gonna stick to it. In second, I have the Colts at eleven and six. Uh, this is also the perfect time to disclaim that all of these predictions are based on the contingency that all of <laughs> all of these teams are in fact healthy. No reason why it uh, had to come around uh, the Colts prediction, uh, none at all. But, um, no. So eleven and six for the Colts, and at a thirteen and four, I am quite sold on the Titans this year. I have the Tennessee Titans top of the division. Rather hilariously, I do have the Houston Texans last. Of the three of us, me, the most ardent critic of the Houston Texans, has them with the best record. I have them with three and fourteen. Ooh. Ooh. I have the, wow. I, the Jaguars with five and twelve. I have the Titans with ten and seven in second place. Yeah, you've got a very tough start. I'll tell you why it was two and three and not one and four. Carson Wentz looks like he's going to be good to go week one, which is huge. Yeah, yeah, I get, I, I know Stuart, but there are some positives you can take. <laughs> come on now, come on. Now. To be fair, the fact that he's not going to be easing or Erling or starting week one, it looks like, is very, very good news for us. And Wentz is looking sharp. From what I've heard from Colts camp so far, Wentz is looking really sharp. So it's, Quite positive uh, looking forward. Uh, and with that defence, that defence looks like it could be a top 10 this year. I'm very excited for us this year. Well, I, I have you winning the division, but I've got you at 10 and 7. I I, I have no faith in, faith in Carson Wentz. 
I have got a friend who's an Eagles fan who has told me before that Carson Wentz looked sharp in training camp. I just, I am not convinced by the offense. So the ball defense, very good. And Quentin Nelson is obviously the big concern. I, I believe he's not back at practice yet, is he? No, he is. Oh, he, he is practiced he? on Monday. Okay. Okay. The, he, there's a good chance he will play week one too. So the Colts That's will good. likely be a straight full strength for the visit to Seattle. That's good news for you. I still, yeah. I, I just, I'm not a big fan of Carson Wentz. What about you, Cal? You're the only one who had Tennessee winning the division. The Colts live and die by the Wentz wagon. Like I've mm-hmm. said this about a few teams, how uh, ev- like every week it's going to feel like uh, playing the Oregon Trail. Like it's going to be a case of what goes wrong this time. See, I'm not. I'm not convinced the Colts do live and die on Carson Wentz. I think the de- the defense is going to be a much bigger factor this year. I think Wentz doesn't have to be like his elite level that he had in 2017. I think he just has to be just good enough. And the Colts will win games off that defence. Well, I I think we agree with you that they'll win games off the defence because I think we both have you with winning records. Is that right, Kyle? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yes, of course. And I still still have them pegged for wild card. But the offence, there needs to be something. Like... uh, to go on a slight off tangent, uh, if you guys have been watching a Secret Bases uh, documentary on the the history of the Atlanta Falcons, I believe it was uh, their team in 67 when they had one of the best defenses ever, but they couldn't score on anyone. Mm-hmm. They, they couldn't score. Like uh, Point differentials were off the charts, but their defense was one of the stingiest the league's ever seen. Um, I'm going to throw out a name in Indianapolis to watch this season. Michael Strachan. He looks a player. He's been shown out in pre-season and in training camp. What what position is he? He's wide receiver. Ah, okay. Yeah, he needs Uh, some wide receivers. Yeah, well, we've got... uh, I believe Michael Pittman is going to make the step up to be in uh, a true number one this year. I don't know. that. And Jonathan Taylor looked a player as well. He was fantastic in the back end of last season. The offensive line is fantastic, as we all know. So, I don't know. I think I genuinely not just saying this as a Colts fan. I would be saying this probably with not as much enthusiasm as I am as a Colts <laughs> fan. But uh, I would be saying this as a neutral observer. I think the Colts offense is underrated. Tennessee Titans next. I've got them at nine and eight, missing the playoffs. Ooh. About, yeah. I, um, I had them at ten and six in the playoffs. Ten and seven. Ten and seven. Sorry, that four is, time at that this is, point. Yeah, that is gonna get take some getting used to, isn't it? Isn't it just? Isn't it just? <laughs> like can we talk about the big the big addition to the Tennessee Titans this year? One of my one of my all time favorites in fantasy football, Julio. Julio, yeah, yeah, he's a good pickup, but he's also, I mean, there's a reason the Falcons were okay letting him go. He's getting towards that point where he's on the decline a little bit more. I still think he's got some good years in him. Oh yeah, oh definitely. I wasn't suggesting otherwise. I'm just 
I'm not as high on Julio Jones to the Titans as some people are. Still well, think he'll I mean, be very Julio, good. Julio Jones at a fourth round for a fourth. Yeah. Even if it's a, a rental good. for two years or whatever years are left uh, on his deal, yeah. like, I, I would take that. It's a good trade but, by the Titans, I think, for a fourth. Yeah. I think that's a bit of a steal, uh, even for two years. Mm-hmm. What about their, their offensive line and their defense? I'm a little concerned about. They don't have much of a pass rush. I would agree with that. I mean, I've all this is the issue I've had with the Titans for years is I think defensively they're shaky. Uh, mm. And they're quite thin at corner as well. That's, yeah, that's because very... uh, that's because we sign. That's because they all come to the Giants for some reason. <laughs> Aye, like for me, I think the Titans. The Titans again. It's like I was saying with the Bengals. We have to score more points than you because we will give up points, but with mm. a higher skill set. And and. Obviously, they can just eat clock by handing the ball to Derrick Henry. Yeah, well, they've got one of the best running backs in the league when Derrick Henry. So I you could say pure running, uh, pure running back, not adding like the pass catching stuff in. If you're just talking about um, running a the ball, running back, yeah, Derrick Henry probably the best in the league. Honestly, mm. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Like pass catching, he's not the best. Uh, Pass catching no. running back by far. No, but he, no I, think I can name. I can think of two just off the top of my head that would be way ahead of him. Uh, who in terms two? of in terms of raw running bulldozing ability, yeah. Oh yeah, and the, the stiffest of stiff arms. Who are the two for the record? Uh, what well, Miles Gaskins? Uh, Miles Gaskin and uh, Salvin. No, uh, it was uh, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I I don't think it's debatable. <laughs> it's not, no, it's not. Henry it's not. A pass catch. <laughs> it's absolutely not debatable, is it? No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've gone anyway, yeah. quite bold on the Titans. Yeah. Uh, I've I like I like them as a team. Like you say, a little suspect, and I think that that's a thing that's going to be their issue is. Shaky, but they're well coached. They're very well coached, actually. I, I quite mm-hmm. like uh, the Titans' uh, staffing, uh, like, like coaching staff as a whole, and mm-hmm. uh, Vrabel at the helm in particular. They did. They did lose Arthur Smith, though. He's now the head coach in Atlanta. But the thing is, with the Titans, for me, the AFC South does come down to the Titans and the Colts, mm-hmm. and I think the the Titans' biggest strength is their offense. The Colts' biggest strength is their defense, but I think the Colts' offense is stronger than the Titans' defense, and I think that'll be the difference between the two. I've I've got them splitting the series. I had the, I also had them splitting the series, both winning at home. I I I just I feel like Tennessee. There's a, there's a couple of issues that I don't think people are talking about enough. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonas Smith was kind of an emergence for them last season. He had an excellent uh, kind of breakout year just in time to pick up a big deal uh, to sign with New England England. alongside Hunter Henry, but uh, we'll get to them. Yeah, I think think they're going to miss him, especially in the red zone. Julio was going to uh, be a factor there, probably. Yeah. 
I just I don't see it with Tennessee. I'm up and down on them. Sometimes I think, yeah, they'll be good. Sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, there's too much. Jono Smith was a steal for the Patriots. That was a big loss for the Titans. Mm-hmm. I do agree with that. Yeah. How do you see the Jags in this year? I've been very optimistic, giving them seven wins. What I went, you guys, What are you guys I, thinking for them? I went five. I mean... Sure enough, we, we've got the, the old uh, greatest prospect since Andrew Luck and all that. By the way, two years today, he retired, just for the record. But that uh, Trevor Lawrence is coming into the league, the hottest prospect since him. I can see him having a very Peyton Manning-esque opening year. Are you hoping for that or... Am I hoping for that or predicting that? The answer to that is yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think he's going to... I think there's a few games the Jags might steal here and there uh, to get Pro- them to the 7-10. Uh, I, I think as Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, they, they've, they come in, they've got that winning mentality. Yeah, the the thing is, the Jaguars will steal a few games. Probably one of them will be at home to Indianapolis because, of course, it will. <laughs> but uh, that that's tradition at this point. We never win in Jacksonville, or very rarely. I that's, don't know oh, why. Oh, oh. that's uh, week 18 this year, mate. I don't love that. Although it is in December, so in terms of times of year to get them, that's not the worst. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do I think Trevor Lawrence will be a superstar in this league? Yes, I do. Do I love that he's in my division? No, I do not. Do I think it will really affect this year? Probably not. I mean, remember the Jaguars won one game last year? Yeah. They might yeah, get that. They might get that first overall pick, new quarterback bounce of a few games, but usually a few games. You know? Yeah, I, I think I think they, they might have a little bit more. I mean, Andrew, Andrew Luck won, what, 11 games in his first season? So that's kind of your ceiling with the Jaguars, with Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I'm going anywhere near there. What, what are you thinking with Trevor Lawrence, Kyle? How do you think his first year is going to go? I think the team as a whole is... There's a lot of promise, like the the hirings, the signings, the draft, the Trevor. This is a team that reeks to me of Madden Simulator. <laughs> like the, the potential is there, but is it going to pan out? Let's sim to the next game and find out. Like this, th- this, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic and hopeful for the Jaguars. <laughs> But I'm I'm not sold. It's it's a, well a low ceiling but a high floor. I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. how that metaphor goes. But if they want to break through it, they absolutely can. But the ceiling's not low for me. But would it not would it not be a low floor and a high ceiling? Because you think they've got a ton of potential, but you you think they could also be terrible. No, I get what he means. I get oh, okay. what he means by that. It's the reverse that. He doesn't think oh, they'll okay. be terrible, but he doesn't think they'll be superstars Good. either. Right, okay. It I'll could go so. either way, but in terms of it, it is just all, it's hinging on it. It's 
it's putting all of your chips on black on black uh, at the roulette table or putting it all on one number. You're you're wanting a lot to swing your way. And I hope it I, does because it's see, I, I I don't think it is for the Jaguars this year. I think this is very much a house money year. Like it's the first season of Urban Meyer, it's the first season of Trevor Lawrence. You know, if they storm the league this year, that that's house money. If they don't, then I mean, who's expecting them to? No, nobody, nobody is. Not even Jags fans are expecting them to. Not even a Jags fan that was on the good place that thought Blake Bortles was taking them to a Super Bowl. Not even him. Bortles. We'll move off the Jaguars and start talking about the Texans. And unfortunately, this is where the fun kind of ends for a minute because we can't talk about the Texans without bringing up the Deshaun Watson situation. For those of you that don't know, uh, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson has not only asked for a trade from the Texans, but is facing a lawsuit in which 22 women have accused him of sexual misconduct. On top of that, there are now 10, at least 10 criminal complaints with the Houston Police Department, eight of which are from women who are involved with the lawsuit, meaning at least two are from women who are not involved with the lawsuit, bringing the total number of women accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual misconduct to 24. As, as of recording, the league has not put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner's exempt list, meaning that he is part of the Texans squad as we speak. He is not suspended. He is good to go for week one, in theory, they are apparently open to offers from other teams, but obviously, with the situation the way it is, no other team is going to come in and make an offer. There is reportedly genuine concern with, within the Deshaun Watson camp that this is going to go to the Supreme Court of Texas, in which case it becomes a felony issue and not something he can just pay off. He's also been interviewed by the FBI, uh, although conflicting reports about whether that was in relation to the accusations or in relation to an accusation he's made of extortion. Uh, it's all a big mess right now, but one thing is clear, Deshaun Watson's future is not clear. Yeah, what a, what a, just what a mess. What an absolute mess of a situation this is. It's a horrible, really, really, really serious situation. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is bigger than football. And we've said this so yeah. many times on this podcast. This is bigger than the sport of football. He shouldn't be anywhere near a field right now. For you know? even like, because there's going to be people who say innocent until proven guilty. And that's that's a court thing. We can, you can still say, you can still put him on the exempt list. And say you need to take some time away because for his own good, he should not be in the spotlight right now. He should be Absolutely. off dealing with this. And the fact he's not on the exempt list is baffling. I, I, I know there's not been charges officially filed yet, and it is a lawsuit. But you'd still, I would have thought the NFL would be wanting to try and distance itself from this new story. Mm-hmm. For once, you would actually think that now the NFL would actually want to display some accountability and just mm-hmm. protect both parties. Like, guilty or not, 
like these are serious accusations. He should not be playing. These no, th- this this is the least of his concerns. You should be you should be demonstrating your innocence if if it is, or you should be helping to prove otherwise, or just letting the courts play out. It's, no, th- this is the least of the concerns. Uh, I think as well for the NFL. If you watch the NFL Network or, or anything like that, you always see clips where they talk about they'll have one of the female coaches that are coming through. They they show they have female fans. They're very much wanting to um, to market towards women. I don't know how you do that while simultaneously having a guy who may have sexually assaulted 24 women mm-hmm. as a star player in this league. Yeah. I think you you have to, at the very least, he may be, it's very unlikely he's going to be found innocent. I I don't know of many cases where 24 separate women have falsely accused a man. Um, But even if he's, if he is going to be found innocent or if no charges are pressed and it gets um, sorted through the the civics court, the civil court even, um, you, you you can still protect him and the league by keeping him out by putting him on the exempt list. I don't understand why he's not on it. Correct. You, may, should be, may... you should be sheltering him from at least even false accusations and just letting letting the court pan out. Mm, I the, the other thing I was going to say he may end up on the exempt list. Still, it's there's no timeline for when he has to be put on um but it, it's also not helpful for the texans because they don't know at the moment whether or not deshaun watson is they're not going to cut deshaun watson because they can't afford to against salary cap um they would only do that if he was um to end up in a situation where they could void that money uh, so that would be someone like going to jail. But they're going into the season not knowing if they need to keep a roster space for this guy. If they if they can put him in as a starting quarterback, I don't think they're going to have him as a starting quarterback. I think that's going to be Tyrod Taylor. Sorry, mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor. Um, but they it's, also they it's also took a, they took a quarterback with either their first or second draft pick this season, first, didn't they? It was, it was their driving. first pick. Yes. yes. So if you know, so if you know in concrete that Deshaun Watson is your starter, you don't make that pick. Yeah, it's uh, it's Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. They so they're just building up the quarterback wagon or mm-hmm. uh, carousel, I guess, to see like you know if he does, then fine. If they don't, well, they have options now, and. I think it's this is an organization with its head so buried in the sand that they just want to pretend like nothing is wrong because uh, they, they have nothing going for them. Well, this team, you mean the te- I don't think it's the, the Texans. Texans. I don't think you can say that about the Texans. Texans, what what are they supposed to do right now? Um, they uh, c- cynically pretend like nothing's wrong and continue as normal. Well, 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 that's not. You're you're saying that they shouldn't do that, but what oh, they're they doing right now is they they've got Deshaun Watson out as a um, 
as the scout team safety. They're not playing him with the first team. At least they've not done it publicly. Um, I, they may have done it in the sessions where the, the media is not allowed in. Um, they've made it clear that they're opening to, they're to open to talks. Thing is, I saw an article. I think it was, um, I think it was Michael Lombardi. It might be, or no, sorry, it might be Tannenbaum on ESPN was saying that he believes the Texans want to keep Deshaun Watson because they aren't. The reports are they aren't being realistic with what they can get from. And my argument to that would be, what is a realistic price for Deshaun Watson right now? Because if you're the Texans, you're going to want multiple first-round picks. He's a 25-year-old uh, quarterback in his prime. If he's on the field, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. If you're a team trading for him, you don't know he's going to be on the field. So you're not going to want to give up a first-round pick. It's how much are you willing to give up for a player you may never get. Mm. So there is no reasonable price for Deshaun Watson right now no, because the reasonable the price changes dramatically depending on which side you're on. Yes, the Texans as, as a whole, they have no leverage in this because it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. You play you him, you are getting a PR nightmare. You don't play him, you're wasting the prime of a player. But, but you, you, can't, you can't ship him off for... A reasonable package because it it leaves you it leaves you no, looking like you've lost the trade. There's absolutely no reason why the Texans should trade him right now. But there's no team that should be making an offer anyway. I don't care how much it is. Correct. Um, but I don't. I feel for the Texans because I don't think this is a situation that they have any control over, and they are stuck waiting to see what the league's going to do. Because, like I said. How are they going to? Um, how are they going to go into the season? They're going to need to keep a roster spot for a guy that they want to. They would rather was suspended for the year. And honestly, I mean, I think that's where they're at. It it sucks. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is a mess. There's not that much more to say about Deshaun Watson, like uh, I, in terms of his legal case, in terms of. You know, I'm I'm a great. I've always said I'm a great believer. If uh, believe victims or believe uh, believe women, mm-hmm. and 24 people accusing him, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Beyond no. that, he shouldn't be anywhere near a field this year. No, the Texans as a team are in trouble. But that's by the by. Yeah, we we can probably talk about. Uh, the rest of the Texans now. Um, what, this roster does not look good, even if you have Deshaun Watson. They no. were, <laughs> who have they like, got? Like, re- realistically, they, who would you were have four, on that team on your roster? Right now, Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback for week one, and he has been replaced in week four the last two seasons. Uh, I believe it was uh, Baker Mayfield and then... Yeah, it was uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, yeah. When, so, uh, when the Char- so Ricky- Yeah, when the Chargers doctor decided to uh, try... try, uh, try Yeah, he tried his hand at ac- acupuncture and it didn't really go well for him. So, uh, uh, Davis, Davis Mills better be ready. Yeah. Week four, week four, uh, it could be the week. Who have the You're Texans up, got week four? 
Um, this is I'll, I'll double check. Probably their bye week. <laughs> it's Buffalo. It's Buffalo. Oh, oh it's Buffalo. There we go. Oh. Ew, oh, they're, they're doomed. Right, write that, um, that one down on the calendar. Tyrod Taylor's former team as well, funnily enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, what else have they got? Brandon Cooks. A, a no, completely but, cooked Brandon Cooks, if he's still there. Yeah, hey, JJ Watt? No, he's gone. No, he's gone. No, no, he's gone. No, he's he, gone. he went um, a year ago. Clown? No, he's gone. No, no, he's gone as well. Didn't Philip Lindsay end up there? Oh, yeah, they got Philip. I like Philip Lindsay, actually. I like Philip Lindsay. Who I, but... Mainly because I had him as rookie year in, in uh, fantasy. David Culley. Have you heard of David Culley before this yes. season? Yes, oh, we, no. we talked at great length about him uh, when the hiring was made, and the best thing that we could say about him is he's a really good guy. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah, yeah, what was he, his high, highest profile job? Uh, uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, I might have had a it was like re- receivers coach, job? receivers coach receivers for the Ravens in a very down, in a very down mm-hmm. year when they were not he, passive he at was all. The receiving, he was the receivers coach for the Chiefs the year that no Chiefs wide receiver scored a touchdown. Yeah, and that is the guy who's the head coach of the. Uh, Houston, Houston Texans, Texans right now. Yep. Lovey Smith, who has been hired by them, would have been a better fit than his boss right now, which is saying something. Well, he was there last year. He was the interim head coach. He was the interim year. head coach. And I expect he's going to have more wins at the end of the season as interim head coach than David Kelly will get all season. Probably. Um, I feel bad for David Kelly because he's – it feels like a hire where nobody else would take the job. Yeah, for me, it, it's a hire where he's not really expected to do anything. He's getting head coach money for a year tops, probably. But, he's probably out the door you, at the end of the year. Yeah, but I mean, for a guy who's been in the league, well, been in football as long as he has, you finally get a head coaching job, and it's this job where yeah. you're on a heightened... De- thing is, if they're if he if he's good, and they end up having a surprisingly good season, he's going to oh, come like on a, now. A genius. Come on. Well, no, I'm hey. saying like if the Texans finish seven and ten this year, what what would you say about David Coy? He's done a good job. There you go. Like, he he uh, looks like he's done a brilliant job. I I know that they'll care for records, but I just give him coach of the year. Honestly, yeah, I, yeah. I'm dead serious. Yeah, like that's how that's how he doesn't need to win that many games for you to go. And that guy can coach, and it is entirely possible that I we've looked at if you look at his career, there's not much highlights, but maybe he's just not very good coordinator. Maybe he's a natural head coach. Some people are. Jim, well, he's. He's got everything to prove, and then, well, so does this team. If anything, he's the perfect fit. I do. I, I'm not optimistic. I'm just trying to, trying to coax the Texans fan back from the ledge. Well, yes, I did say fan singular. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm glad you can. I can. Watson or not, like that. That team is rough. Like rough. 
I don't see it. Watson or not, like that team is at best two, two and 15. So let's move on to the AFC East. And last year, the division went so in last place, the Jets at two and 14. The Patriots. Dynasty came to an end with a 7-9 and nine season. The Dolphins finished 10-6, and six, but it wasn't enough to get that last playoff spot. And the Bills won the division with a 13-3 and three record, their first AFC East title since 1995. So let's start with Kyle, and let's see how angry he's going to make me. Well, not really, because uh, I, I've been fairly nice on this one. and We'll see. So last place, I have, uh, you know, the New York Jets uh, taking some much-needed baby steps and elevating them to a 5-12. and 12. I have the New England Patriots uh, continuing to limp along in uh, severe mediocrity uh, with a 7-10, and 10, and that's if Cam Newton isn't utterly washed. I have the Miami Dolphins taking second with a 12-5, and 5, enough for a real wild card uh, this time around. And, of course, I'm sorry, but I have the Bills, and I've gone very, very big on them uh, with a 14-3. and three. Okay. Okay. I see how it is. <laughs> now, I, I will get to mine in a minute, but we'll have uh, Stuart first. Let's hear your AFC East. Okay, my AFC East for 2021 not surprisingly, bottom of the pile are the New York Football Jets. I also have them at five and twelve. Okay. The New England Patriots at eight and nine. The Miami Dolphins I have at eleven and six, which is enough for the playoffs. And I have the Buffalo Bills winning the division at thirteen and four. Well. I, I'm really annoyed now because I can't get that angry with you guys. Um, <laughs> the, in my take for the AFC East, I have the Jets in last place, also five and twelve. Wow, unanimous! Uh, I, weirdly, I'm the most, the most optimistic about the Patriots, having them third at ten and seven. Not enough for a playoff spot. In second place, twelve and five. Enough for the sixth seed, the Miami Dolphins. And in first place, with a record of 13 wins and four losses, the Buffalo Bills winning back-to-back AFC East. Very close to putting the Dolphins top, though. But I didn't want to jinx this. Wow, we are fairly, my mate. We're if, fairly if, unanimous this time. What's wrong? Yeah, I think, I, think we all, I think we've got the order all exactly the same, which worries me. <laughs> Well, let's go, fair, let's go for the one that we've the most fair, divisive Chris, over. Chris, as a Dolphins fan, us all predicting the Bills to win the AFC East should please you, seeing as yeah, that but, will now But we not all happen. predicted the Patriots not making the playoffs. So it could be them that wins the division again. I don't want that. Well, I mean, uh, the Patriots winning the AFC East? Nah, I never heard of that. <laughs> nah, those days are so done. Your flying days are over. That's 20 pieces of silver for the witch. 
so yeah, Kyle, you mentioned we we're all pretty uh, similar with everybody except for the Patriots. You guys very very down on them this year. So, uh, what was it? Seven and ten? You had Kyle? I have I have seven and ten because I think honestly the team's still reeling from like having uh, the team structured in the way that it did during their Super Bowl runs. And I think they're still reeling in from them. They're not as reinforced. They're still accumulating their picks. They're still building up their picks. I think that they're still just rolling with what they've got. They made some signings purely to... They made some decent... Well, not decent signings. They made big signings to shore up their offense because offensively last season, the Patriots were anemic. Mm-hmm. They were very, very boring and not even in their traditional, like frustratingly, tactically boring. They just flat out sucked. So they've but shored you, it you've up got with... Them... Oh. You I have mean, them as got... 7 and 10. Yeah, we've, so... now... we've got a quarterback room of Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Uh, my brother is a Patriots fan and he was massively rooting for Justin Fields to fall to them. He's yeah, not. So that he, was, we were we were shocked to, that he landed uh, in Chicago. That he landed to the to the Bears. He was not landing. Oh, the they could have traded up. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on there, cowboy. Um, I I think they've improved their team from last year. They've got some guys coming back who were um, COVID. Um. Exempt. Sit outs. Uh, yeah. Sit outs. Yes, yes, yes. Um I don't I there were seven and nine last year with a pretty mediocre team. They've improved it. I think they're gonna win a few games. I don't think they're good enough to make the playoffs because the AFC is so stacked. Um and I also think history has taught us that the team that splashes out in free agency doesn't necessarily get it all together in time to, to make a run at the playoffs. Um, but Smith, Hunter Henry, uh, they brought in a couple of receivers, not anybody exciting, but they also brought in uh, Matt Judon from the from the Ravens yeah. to help them. I, I think they're going to be a little better than you expect, but very tough division, very tough conference. They're going to be I'm, in the playoff hunt, just not make it, in my opinion. I'm going to throw out a quote uh, from Josh McDaniels about uh, Matt Jones. Uh, apparently, he is very, very good at getting yelled at. <laughs> that is a direct quote from well, uh, future well, yeah, future he, Patriots uh, head coach Josh McDaniels. Unless Matt Patricia gets it. Oh God, that's. Uh, I mean, I mean, you saw that, you saw the pictures at Mac Jones's pro day, and it, I believe it was what? Shanahan with uh, with Belichick and McDa- and Daniels, and all of them just had the look of. Oh no! That that's pretty much the movie Sophie's Choice, except you don't want either of them. <laughs> I I think they've got enough weapons around Mac Jones or Cam Newton that it can hide any deficiencies. I think Mac Jones long, obviously long term, is the better answer. Um, he might be better right now. I don't know if he starts week one, but hmm. we'll see. But that was why. So Cam Newton wasn't that great. Uh, last season so they make two big splashes for two of the top tight ends on the free market to basically just provide safety blankets for if cam newton can't get anything out they can at least just just chuck it and at least do check downs 
and it'll get it'll get you something. Like Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith will get you something. A Cam Newton yeah. with them will get you something. Whether or not Mac Jones shows up and arrives remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be more of the same. Yeah, I I think they're almost like the Steelers in that they're they're about to start a proper rebuild, but they've kind of I feel like they've splashed a bit to delay it slightly so Belichick can have one last go. But mm. I think I think Han- handcuff themselves in uh, certain aspects just to keep the good times rolling. Like mm. I don't want to like drag it back to the Steelers. The Steelers didn't want Ben back. Like they were trying to figure out ways I, that they could get him out I of his think, final year, but he was quite insistent yeah. on riding well, it out. I get that because if you're Roethlisberger, do you want your last year to be in front of no fans? No, and play one, play one more year so you can do it in front of people. I, I think this is Ben's last year. I think it might be Belichick's last year as well. I think Belichick I will say, find I've a way to hang around. Me. He'll, he'll hang around in some capacity. I'd, he might I'd he be, might relieve head coach and continue to be general manager. He's not very good at the general manager part, but um, he's had terrible drafts. Well, I was saying, I think this might be Belichick's last year, but then again, I have said that for the last three or four years. So take that with a massive pinch of salt. Yes, uh, um, empire is crumbling, hot take. We've all, we all managed to give the Jets the exact same record. Yeah, it's um, the it's baby steps. You have a real coach, yeah. and hopefully, this quarterback pans out this time. And you, well, you I, I, Crowley's good, and Crowder's good, and who hasn't left to go to Carolina? I I think they've made a lot of good moves in the off season, especially in the draft. Um, We'll see what Zach Wilson is. I'm a little more skeptical of Zach Wilson just because at BYU last he, he he shot up the draft boards because he had a great year at BYU, but the most difficult game he had was against Coastal Carolina and they lost. So I'm not sure I'm not sure how much of Zach Wilson's hype comes from him just looking really good against bad teams. Um but I think they're definitely on the right track, uh, more so than they were a year ago, definitely. I I maybe could have given them more than five wins, but again, it's a very tough conference and a very, very tough division that they're in. The schedule's brutal. It's it's gonna be a tough year for them. I think they'll they'll get some wins. And as an organization, they're on the they're on the upswing, but it they're not there yet. This is no. the feeler season. This is where everyone gets their feet wet. This is where we establish roots. And this is where we find out what sticks. What about you, Stuart? What are your thoughts? On the on the New York football jets. Well, I would like to agree that they do have a real, a real head coach. They now have a, a new quarterback as well. Uh, and, of course, Zach Wilson. Not great reports coming out of early training camp on him. It's because he took forever to sign his deal. Yeah, the Jets. The Jets were messing about with like a a bonus, like um, guaranteed versus bonus for something in year four, as if they're going to cut him. 
how much they're going to save if they cut him after his rookie deal, uh, before his rookie deal's up. It's Was that it? Thing to, to hustle. Oh, 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 that's that's discouraging. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> much either. It was like 20 figures. There's something ridiculous. Just give him the it. guarantees. Come on. He did I will you. say he did he did throw an interception and then tackle a tackle a defender Good in on. the preseason. So yeah, he's apparently not looked too bad in the preseason. Interceptions are fine in the preseason. That's when you want to throw them. Um, yeah, that's yeah. where you 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 point out errors and get them ironed out. I think the Jets Jets fans should be optimistic this year, but not they should be optimistic for the future, but not expect too much this year true like it's it's kind of like uh like for me it's like watching like uh old uh maple leaf teams like like there's when you're bad and it's not a good thing and you're bad but it's a fun exciting time because there's optimism you you, like okay who's going to have a breakout season who's going to be good in this game who's going to be good in that game who's going to emerge yes yeah yeah. The other two teams in this division, the Bills and the Dolphins, the Bills looking like Super Bowl contenders, their rebuild has been fantastic. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott because when they took over that franchise, it was in a terrible state. And they've got their quarterback now, it would appear. They've got a good, a good offense, a good defense. They've, they look like they're a Super Bowl contender, as I said. You got to give a lot of credit to them. Absolutely, this is uh, like year five of McDermott. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, it will be. But th- this, this is the year where it all comes together. This is this is well, the, that was last the year. But this year now, because now that they've got Josh Allen, like with him signed long term now, and finally establishing themselves as a culture of winning. Uh, retaining good players because they want to stay. This is this is the year where they're like, let's go. Like now they're tuned. Like last year was the prove it. Now it's let's get it. Yeah, they, they've won the. They've made the playoffs. Sorry, three of the four seasons that McDermott has coached them. Which is, I mean, when you consider they hadn't made the playoffs for about nineteen years before that, it's an amazing achievement. The, the amount of president presidential terms that they had had mm-hmm. in between. Yeah. Uh, well, never mind them making the playoffs, but then it was a couple more seasons until they for them to actually win one. Because, well, their first playoff one that was that game against the Jaguars, and I don't want to talk about that game. <laughs> that was a there, rough game. <laughs> anyway, I, I think the big concern. I think there's, there's a couple of concerns with the Bills. Pass rush, well, they need to get in, improvement in the pass rush. They also they need to to make sure Josh Allen. I know they've given him a big contract. They really need that last year to be, you know, the the real Josh Allen and not just a like one off blip that you know he was mm-hmm. great that one year, but then he um, vanished afterwards. This needs to be a permanent. That that would really that would good. be that would be catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Like that team goes through him, and I th- I think yeah. we will see it because 
when he was drafted, he was he was just this this diamond in the rough, like this guy from a lesser known school. Oh, but he's got a cannon arm, and they yeah. just looked at him. He's like, you know what? Give him a couple years, and he'll season, and he flourished. And like you're saying, hopefully that that that's the start of it. I really liked them this year. They were this close last season getting to the AFC Championship. They were somewhat steamrolled by the uh, Chiefs, but I think they'll learn from that, and I could see them going very, very far this year. I really like what they've done. I like what they've done in the off-season. They just look like a good team, top to bottom, you know? Yeah, uh, it's hard to argue with that, but I'll try. Tick. Although I will, uh, I will say this about the Bills. Cole Beasley might be a problem this season with uh, that, the whole... The COVID stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Uh, he could completely dismantle that team with one positive test. Uh, well, here's hoping that doesn't happen. <clears throat> sure. No, seriously. Let's, uh, here's hoping that, that doesn't happen because we don't here's want that doesn't happen. or anything. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Dolphins, uh, big year last year as they made the leap from um, five and eleven to ten and six, almost made the playoffs. Would have done most other years. Would have done if they were in the NFC. But I'm not holding any grudges. Uh, Dolphins looking to take another step. They've brought in Jalen Waddle to add some speed to the offense that was. Very lacking. Brought in Jalen Phillips to hopefully add some pass rush. Managed to get Xavier Harrod signed to a new deal. Keep him happy and keep him on the team. Looking good. Tua looking like a new player in training camp and, pre- and preseason. It's looking good for Miami. I'm worried. Yes, because looks uh, can be deceiving. I, I don't know if it's so much that just that as a Dolphin fan, I'm not used to positive energy and positive thoughts about the team. So what are your thoughts on the Dolphins this year, Cal? It's to a time. Like mm-hmm. purely it's it's to a time. Like we had we had uh, the season where he was in and you know it you know, just to get your feet wet, just to get some practice in, just to show them the ropes a wee bit, because they always had they always had Fitz to lean on if need be. Fitz is now at Washington. It's mm-hmm. to his time. The training wheels are off. Let's see what you got, kid. Resigning with the Dolphins is a bit of a game changer for you defensively. Losing him would have been huge. Keeping him is fantastic for your defense and i would have to agree let's see let's see to a year two you know i think you I guys think... could be quite good this year no fits magic but it's sink or sink swim time for Tua, and i honestly think he could swim i think you'll swim the the big question mark for the team is the offensive line because it's very inexperienced um there is a good chance that they could start an offensive line at some point next season where the oldest player on the team is a three-year vet. Uh, so they need to hold up, make room for the running backs, give two a time. 
though with preseason, I know it's only preseason, but through his pocket presence looks so much better than it was last year. Um, he's moving about in the pocket, avoiding rush. I, I think we could be could be a dark horse to do a lot better than even people think. People are being quite positive about us. Um, yeah, the defense should be good again. Like you said, Zayvon Howard staying is a game changer because if he'd gone... Well, actually, Zayvon Howard staying isn't a game changer. Zayvon Howard leaving would have been the game changer. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very positive about the Dolphins this year. I mean, no. Yeah, we do. It's, But it is... I really don't want to put as much of a, the stress on the issue because I'm pretty sure like the entire the entire city of Miami is uh, doing the same. But it that team it it's it's Tua time. It's all about Tua. Like the team as itself is built and ready to go. It's it was mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Justin Herbert entering into the Chargers. The Chargers as a team were pretty much ready to go, pretty much pre-packed. They just had to insert a, a competent or in Herbert's case, a good quarterback to get them to tech. Hopefully Tua does the same for the Dolphins. They were a good quarterback away from finally. Well, I say finally, but again, you were like, you were 10, uh, 10 and six. 10 and six, yeah. 10 and six last season. It's the team is, the team was always spinning in the right direction. You have great coaching. You're uh, well-managed. Your owner loves you. You get a good quarterback. You're ready to go. You are. We're now chatting playoff chat. I, I, think, I think we've got a good quarterback. I think it's the offensive line that needs to be up to the task. Two, yeah, two, two wasn't bad last year, despite what Colin Coward might say. He played well. In fact, if you look at um, if you look at, like volume stats, so things like completion percentage, yards per game, yards per attempt, so he was he was the same as Burrow. Two and Burrow were, had the same rookie season. It's just Burrow threw like fifty times more, so he had more yards. Mm-hmm. And like, he wasn't on core the, stats, he wasn't yeah. On the and in his in his because uh, again, it was all the case that Tua was in limited capacity because he didn't have to be lights out spectacular. He didn't have hmm. to be in a burrow situation where he was thrown out to die. That was not the plan. The plan was not to rush him because you didn't have to. And the plan worked. Yes. Anyway, what... Okay, well, that brings us to the AFC West. And last year, that division looked like this. In fourth place, the Denver Broncos at 5-11. Third place, the LA Chargers, who behind rookie quarterback Justin Herbert managed to get to 7-9. The Las Vegas Raiders finished second at 8-8. Eight and, eight. and the division champions were, of course, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, who would go on to face the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Guys... What have you got for this year? Okay, well, go first. Uh, Colin, take start, the wheel. I will start this one because I feel like mine are a a bit a bit off the wall here, but you know what? We'll go with it. Uh, so, for the AFC West, I have all four teams with a winning record 
which is a surprise. Ooh. I have the Denver Broncos with a 9-8 record. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders also with a 9-8. I have the Chargers 10-7 and, and making the playoffs. And I have the Chiefs with a 14-3 record. And I think I've realized why I have all these teams doing so well. I think I just have them taking wins off each other. Okay, well, I'm going. I'll give you my standings, which have not confused the AFC and NFC West in terms of quality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, behave you! Stop wow. that right now. As in ambassador fourth, of the conference, behave. In fourth place, the Las Vegas Raiders, five and twelve. Ooh, ow, ow, ow. Tough schedule. And in third place, mm. I have the Denver Broncos at 7-10. and 10. In second place, with a record of 11-6, and six, good enough for the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs, the Los Angeles Chargers. And in second place, uh, sorry, <laughs> in first place, with a record of 13-4, and four, good enough for the second seed in the AFC, because I have the Browns getting home field advantage, baby. <laughs> yeah, going full crazy. Um, <laughs> that'll play it. That'll play it to my prediction later. Just you wait. Well, talking your predictions, let's hear what you have for the AFC West. So my predictions go as so. I have in last place. I have the Las Vegas because now I'm actually getting used to it. I have the Las Vegas Raiders regressing to a six and eleven. I have uh, the Broncos and the Chargers both tied at 10 and 7. Good, but not enough for playoffs in my eyes. And I have just absolutely overshot it on this one. Uh, I have the Kansas City Chiefs with a 16 and 1 record. It's week one again. It's against the Browns, but I I, I think the Browns, like I said in the previous segment, I think the Browns will take it. So let's, I, I, let's, I, can't, I can't see them losing. Let's throw this one out here. You've got the Kansas City winning 16 straight weeks. Or 16 out of 17 if you include the bye. It worked out well for the Colts. Nah, well... Not, not, not to that really. level, not to that level, but still. I mean, they'll lose for, that one and then they'll be like, right, okay, let's just take it. I want to know where the time for 16 oh, be, weeks, baby. I'll be, honest, I'll be honest with you, mate. I've never forgiven Jim Caldwell for resting the starters against the Jets halfway through that game at 14-0. and 0. But beyond that, uh, quite frankly, I I think the cheap... Well, let's be honest. Let's, the universal comment is going to be the Chiefs are going to win this division and probably by several games, right? Yes. My, my well, thinking would... Wrong. I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. Objection no, no, here. I, well, no, I've got them winning it by two games, but I'm just, I don't think it's a dead cert. If they, if they have a slip, the Chargers are, the Chargers have a pretty good team built around Justin Herbert. They could make a push for it. I don't think it'll be several games. So that's potential. Right. Like no one, like Tyro Taylor was an acupunctured long away from uh, altering the course of Chargers history. I will say well, that I think this is the first. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I don't think that's. 
don't think he alters it that much. It would just mean Justin Herbert starts this year instead, or doesn't start quite as early. Oh no, yeah, he, start, he, he starts week just... four instead of week two. Yeah, he, he would have started. He would, yeah. Play much. Play much. That, but... that one week, that one week, destroy it. He loses out on rookie of the year because of that one week. Well, I He's just not as good. All his stats turned out to be in the Chiefs game. And he loses out to Justin Jefferson. I think this is the first year we've been doing this where I've given the Chargers a winning record because I usually usually underrate them by several games and then I get a bunch of flack from it on Twitter from Chargers fans. So this year I've actually given them a winning record. So this is going to be the year where they completely mess up and go like 4-13 and or something, isn't it? Now that I've predicted they're going to have a good record. But seriously... That's mean... Seriously, I do think the Chargers are quite good. Uh, the Broncos have got Teddy Bridgewater and still got quite a decent defence. Uh, if Bridgewater can find his form again, he's going to be starting. Yes, yeah, they announced that recently. Uh, the, yes, he is the, the week one starter against the Giants. So, so much for the Kendrew lock uh, unlock. <laughs> his potential it is now the Ken Daniel Jones actually. Do something. Drew, Drew Locke, uh, when you order Andrew Locke off Wish. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, never mind you getting flack off Chargers fans. You're now just going to get a- more AFC West trauma off Broncos fans for that. That is mean, sir. Uh, you, you I, sir, su- woke up dangerous. I'm surprised you think Broncos fans won't agree with him. I'm pretty pretty sure they'll agree with me. Here here is a question, though. Here is a question for you. How tall is Teddy Bridgewater? I've always imagined him like 5'9 or something. 5'11. 5'11. That seems very short for a Broncos quarterback. Isn't the Broncos quarterback... Broncos quarterbacks are basically that ride at the carnival back in the day where you must be this tall to be the Broncos quarterback. Well, you see, th- this is why this is why uh, John Elway uh, stepped away from general management duties and promoted himself to president so that he could actually uh, sneer and be like, if I was general manager, he wouldn't be having this. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Broncos are... They're they are a quarterback away. If Teddy Bridgewater, they're a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, that's I agree with that. I agree with that. Like I think they've built up quite a good team around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always it's always been a team that's kind of just been left in storage, and it's just kind of needed that bet to get them over. It. And for the longest time, it has been the true answer of a quarterback since the reanimated remains of Peyton Manning. And then they're just like, Oh, now what? Well, you remember in 2013, this is a way going back a while now, but 2013 Peyton Manning was absolutely phenomenal. And then 2015, he got carried to that Super Bowl win by the defense. Oh yes. Didn't we know he, he led the league in picks. Trust me. Yeah. I know. <laughs> The the days of Brock Osweiler beating the New England Patriots that wasn't a yesterday, was it? Oh, that was well, that was fun. You and you and me stayed up until like three a.m. to watch that. That was brilliant. That was a good night. That was a good night. But uh, what I was going to say was they've still got that uh, duo of Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. they brought they brought in Patrick Sertain the second. That's ah, a great Sertain as well. Yeah, good good wee draft po- choice uh, for them. Yeah, that, yeah uh, that was shores draft, up shores up their defence. Yeah. That's yeah. a good pick uh, for them. Yeah, I and. I the the offensive line maybe needs a bit of work, but you could like, you could say that about almost every team in the league. Um, it's a team I, it, you can salvage. Is I think uh, my storage analogy. It's a team that's kind of just kind of been there in the fridge. Like when you're ready, you're like, right here we go. Like we're gonna make an omelet now. Like we've got the eggs. In you come. Wait. Quite a young core on wide receiver as well. Uh, yeah, we're. Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cortland uh, Sutton as well. Yeah. Ooh, mm-hmm. Who's the who's the running back? It's the ex Charger, isn't it? It's Melvin Gordon. Melvin yes. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. So because they, they lost Philip Winsley, but Melvin Gordon he's a really good. Yeah, yeah there was there was a lot of it when he when he was holding out of the Chargers, there was a lot of like the sweepstakes of who's gonna land him and you know what? He was he was not bad uh, last season. Had him in fantasy. He was a good wee pickup uh, for me because honestly, running back was a chore last season. I, fantasy wise. I... But yeah, the Broncos again. It's again an issue of quarterback. Can t- can Teddy Bridgewater do it? If not, can Drew Locke do it? Is Teddy Bridgewater just the modern day Tyrod Taylor? With now with added injuries, or can Drew Lock just step up and you know pip Daniel Jones to the post? Because I know that that draft in particular, outside of like uh, the the surefires, not a great draft for quarterbacks. It was always like what ifs. So now those what ifs are still to be addressed. Yeah, I I think. I think the Broncos, like I said before, the Broncos are a quarterback away. Um, I think another interesting team we could talk about here is the the Las Vegas Raiders, who I believe we all have in fourth place. It's, I'll, let, I'll let you guys have uh, your takes first because mine is just – it'll probably bounce off a lot of uh, your guys' points first. But, uh, on, it, wire in, boys. It was, it, I was just going to say they were 8-8 eight and eight last year and – well, you and me, Cal, have them with. I've got five wins. I think you said six wins. Yeah, so I have six and eleven, and yes, they were eight and eight, despite and, everything. And Dis- Kyle, and sorry, uh, Stuart has gone full optimistic and given them a winning record. So I'm not sure he. Well, we'll we'll leave him. We'll leave him for the dessert. We'll leave him to sweeten the pot. After we just uh, dump the level of uh, sourness that we're about to put on, because the Raiders were eight and eight last season, mm-hmm. in spite of themselves, like despite everything. Well, they probably that, should be nine. That team. Should... No, I knew, so, I knew go, man. So I was going to say they probably should be nine seven, but then they pulled on Fitzpatrick's face mask and get that enshrined outside Hard Rock Stadium, man. That was. Awesome. One of the reasons I have them so low is the the loss line. Um, mm-hmm. They obviously still have some good players like um, Jacobs. Uh, Carr is a better quarterback than a lot of people give him credit for. He um, is. He's just wasted oh, on a on a bad team. 
I, I, I hate saying that, but I, in, in extreme terms, like I'm like, I am sorry. And uh, sorry, Zoe, but we'll have you on the show soon. But the Raiders right now, like they were eight and eight last season in spite of everything. Like on paper, this team should, you're right. That team should have at least elevated itself I, to a I, nine and seven. They were pushing the playoffs for a while and then just fell to bets towards the end of the year. And stop uh, me if you've I, heard that about the Raiders. I, I forgot to say Darren Waller. I feel like if I don't yeah, see Darren uh, Waller, that, uh, that's a massive mess. Top 10 tight end. Like, one of the best. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's fantastic. Jacobs is fantastic. Again, as I will say it until... Uh, I'll, have, I'll have it on my gravestone. Robbed of uh, Rookie of the Year, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he is very good. Josh Jacobs is very, very He's good. Fantastic. And Waller. And I think it's just those secondary, like, again, in the grand scheme of general offense, but those supplementary roles. It's a and... similar situation. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. I... Let you supplement it. Let you, let you yeah, float off. It... The thing is, with the wide receivers, it's a similar situation to the Broncos. It's basically mostly young players, isn't it? I think so I was gonna say I think one one of the other factors um for the Raiders is coaching. Um, yeah. defensive coordinators being changed because they were awful on defense last year, but I honestly am not sold on John Gruden in twenty twenty one. I think <sighs> he, he spent so long away from the game, he's it's just kind of passed him by. It, it's it, it it's to me the problem is it's such a disparity of talent assessment. Like you have players on that team that are top in the league, and then the rest are because the coaches like him. There's there's just not an equal level of a of a of an assemblance of talent on that team, like. When it's firing on all cylinders, the Raiders should at least have nine and seven. But when it's not working and it's falling to bets and they're actively still hiring Richie Incognito, it's, my God, what are you doing? At its worst, the Raiders are, well, the Raiders. But when, <laughs> when they're working, the Raiders are, oh, it's the Just Win Baby Raiders. It's... Oh, I, I don't know, man. It's a so team that can't saying, escape itself. So what you're saying is there's not a great place for Spider 2Y Banana in uh, 2021? Not in this modern no. offense. Are you kidding me? Usarians <laughs> would have that for dinner. Anyway. Anyway. The, I was going to say... One of the other teams in this division. Oh, I was going to say about the Raiders, why I've got them so high. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, please sweeten oh, this yes, pot. Please nice, sweeten yeah. this pot. Yeah. This tea needs I, sugar. Like For me, I don't mind the Raiders. Uh, I think Derek Carr hasn't really refound that 2016 form, you know, since he broke his leg. He's been threatening to a few times, but... Uh, he was close last season. He was close last season, and honestly, this team weren't that far away from the playoffs. Sure, they've lost a few players, but they've still got Josh Jacobs. They've still got uh, the tight end, Dan Waller, you know. Mm -hmm. 
I think I think that sums up my feelings on the Ravens. They've still got Josh Jacobs and and then a massive pause whilst you try and think of anything else they have. <laughs> but that that, oh. that buys into our points. Like when the when that team is running on all cylinders and when that Gruden magic of 20 years ago resurrects it works but every other time that team is literally a Pokemon confused it hurts itself in its own confusion literally literally <laughs> that that team should be better in spite of itself mm. and like I don't and again we the one person that we haven't spoke about in all of this, and I think that he catches the least amount of flack is Mayak. Oh no, he get no, he does not get the least amount of flack. If you if you check out any Raiders forum or anything, no, he does not. Oh yeah, <laughs> if you check them out, but I would say well, we were like, you know, oh, oh, a draft guru to general manager. Oh, this will be great and it's, oh, not, I, been, I, I, it's I, not been terrible. Um, it's not been great either. No, I, I, think, I, I, think, say, I think the spell is kind of worn off. He, think, he's the Wizard of Oz, basically. I think he's done at the end of the year. Because I don't think they'll get rid of Gruden. Uh, oh, they um, can't. They can't. They can't. We don't know if that ridiculous contract he was rumored to have gotten is true. But Wait, you're, you're telling me that we still me. don't know? No, no. We, what, we the 10 year something and stake and ownership? Yeah, I, we don't know for sure the terms because they don't need to tell you the terms for coaches' contracts. That was the rumor. But I think he will be on a hefty amount that they won't want to pay off. But they all can, yeah, they can get rid of Yeah, I, I was about to say, like, um, it, it might just be different in American law, but I was like, surely a Freedom of Information Act might just, you know. Are they going to go full Houston Texans and just make John Gruden the GM? No. <laughs> oh, no, no. Whoa, whoa! No. You calm down there, cowboy. Let's uh, let's move on and talk about the LA Chargers because we we yes, please, very please. I'm exhausted. Obviously, Justin Herbert had the Rookie of the Year performance last year, one of the best rookie performances by a quarterback in NFL history. Um, I do. We all have them in the playoffs. No, I think. Uh, Kyle, you didn't. Yeah, I have the them missing out just by the mildest margins. Uh, and also just the the other teams that I've got just had better records. No, no, here it is. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's usually how it works, Cal. I mean, uh, better tiebreakers. Uh, oh, okay, that makes sense. I think they've done, they've done a good job putting things around because they already had Keenan Allen and they had a solid defense. They've added, um, they've added to the offensive line in the draft. They got the the guy from Northwestern whose name has escaped me. Slater, wasn't it? Yeah, Rashawn Slater. Oh, they, oh, were they the ones that get Slater? Yes, man, that that is a pickup. Pick up. They also, I believe, they signed Lindley from the uh, from the Packers. So they've added to their offensive line. Uh, they could. They, I think them getting to the playoffs is a realistic possibility. Uh, new head coach, though. An entirely new system, which I'm never, never a fan of. When you have a rookie quarterback and you switch up the offense completely from year one to year two, uh, obviously every team changes their playbook from year 
from year to year. You don't run the same plays. You don't run everything exactly the same. But to have a whole new system that a guy needs to learn, I don't think is necessarily great for a quarterback's development. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, they're certainly building and putting themselves in a position to mm-hmm. to make the, the playoffs. This is a, a fork in the road kind of season for me where – they can ascend. They can actually become the Chargers that we've always seen on the field but doesn't reflect in the scoreboard. Well, it's a rookie head coach as well in uh, Brandon Staley. Yes, yeah. off, uh, off the Rams, I believe. Yeah, he was the lamb, the, the Lambs. The Lambs. The Rams. <laughs> the lambs. <laughs> yeah, the, la- the LA Rams, the Lambs. That would be uh, if they he- don't make the playoffs. Which, uh, that's no guarantee, by the way. Um, yeah, it's he's one of the um, one of the Sean McVay coaching trees that has sprouted up very quickly, given how young Sean McVay is. No, uh, he was only there for he was only there for a year, actually. He spent uh, 2019 as the outside linebackers coach for the Broncos. And beyond that, two years with the Bears, also as an outside linebackers coach. I, I personally, I like when teams hire defensive head coaches because I think they tend to be, be make better head coaches. Um, Pagano. Some... Pardon, sorry? I said Chuck Pagano. That, uh, that is my counterpoint. Oh, it, I didn't say every defensive coach is a better head coach. I said they tend to make better head coaches. Um, uh, that that's uh, that's my sort of uh, why I'm kind of more happy with offensive head coaches. Well, well, I'll get. I'll tell you what: Adam Gase, uh, Cam Cameron, Joe Philbin. See, yeah, see where I'm coming from here. I, <laughs> I I I do see your point, but then you've got like. Uh, Chuck Pagano, Wade Phillips, uh, Greg Williams. Anyway, we could be we could be here for a while. Just if we just name bad head coaches that we know whether they were offensive or defensive coordinator, we'll be here all night. Yeah, I I think there are some people who are a bit skeptical because he's a defensive guy. And like, oh, you want an offensive guy for a rookie co- quarterback? I don't think that's the case at all. I no. like a, so I prefer defensive coaches because they tend to they tend to be a bit better i think um and also i I also head coach isn't meant to just coach one guy anyway correct so you end up with hiring adam gase with two (laughs) different teams and zach taylor getting hired and head coach's job isn't to just deal with one player it's to deal with the entire team you have an offensive coordinator quarterback coach and all that that deal with the quarterback um I think I think he could be good. I'm not 100% sold that they're going to, even though I've got them in the playoffs. I think uh, I think it could go either way. I am positive because they've got a pretty they've got a pretty winnable schedule. Yeah, the the team's ready. The team's there if if they want to do it. Like we've said that about charges of yore since God. I don't know how many years we want to go back to be like, right, no, this team's ready to do it. This team's ready to do it. Oh, they've lost so-and-so. They've lost so-and-so. Nah. 
it's a house money season, at least for me, or in terms of a, a first year head coach and a second year quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. It's, 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 it is what it is. Call that lousy commentary, but there you go. Uh, before we leave the AFC West, we should talk about the reigning champions on the team. All three of us have winning the division. Yeah, Your by, by a landslide. Well, no, no, two games I've got. It's no landslide. Um, yeah, you've got them as landslide. <laughs> you've got them winning all but one game. And I think I've really, that one I manufactured purely to give uh, the Browns petty points. You don't. But that, that's not to discredit the Browns. Like, I no, think the we, Browns will win week one against the Chiefs as a statement you, win. You don't think there's any issue with, like, their offensive line or anything? I, oh, yes, yes. I do agree that uh, there is some turmoil in the offensive line. But I would also argue that they are in a weak-ass conference relative to their own parity, and their away schedule they, last they I checked. Seen- the AFC is not a weak conference. Weak internally is my point. Like they'll take points off each other, but they'll still probably walk away with. Yeah, I don't wait, know. Do four mean, and two. Do you mean, do you mean the, the AFC West? AFC West, yes. That, that's that's, that's the meant. division. That's the division. The conference. Yes. Wrong yeah. terminology. Wrong terminology. Yes. My apologies. What I meant to say is that I think that the Chiefs will end up taking a lot of their points off their own division. Um, I think uh, the Chiefs are definitely the best team in the division, probably the conference. I don't know about 16-1. and one. There's some tough games they've got to play. They've got to play the Chargers twice. They've got the Browns. They've got to play the Ravens. They've got to play the Bills. Um, I, I don't know if, if they're going to win all six. Uh, I looked at those ones. I looked at those ones, and the Browns one, I did give uh, the I did give the one L to the Chiefs uh, against the Browns because again, week one, and I think the Browns will win it in a statement win, even if it is at Averhead. But the Ravens, I think the Chiefs could take them, and the Chargers, I think the Chiefs will still round it out. It's yeah, the, they have their issues, but I think that they make up for their issues with powerhouse offense. The, I mean, they have the best quarterback in the league. They have some, they've got great wide receivers like Tyreek Hill. They've got a great tight end. A top, three, a top three tight end. I would say top one tight end. Oh, D? Ooh, ooh, okay. I, I was selling them short, but here you go. It's Well, it's Kelsey or Kittle. Well, Kittle when he's healthy. Kelsey yeah. overall. Yeah, I'll get I, that. I, and then Tyreek Hill and mm-hmm. um and a good little uh, stable house of running back, offensive line woes. But I think they'll have they have addressed it. They lost I, they lost some good bets, but I think my, that they can rebuild. My worry with Kansas City is um, that they they've been to two straight Super Bowls three straight AFC championships. I think what if there's a bit of fatigue starts kicking in because they've been playing more games than anybody else has been mm-hmm. playing. That's um, that's the that's the curse. That's the curse of being successful. Uh, they, yeah, and they there's going to be a sort of been there, done that sort of thing might creep in. I think maybe 
obviously not a massive stick back. I've still got them winning the division, being the second team in the uh, second seed in the AFC. But I could see them maybe, maybe getting a bit. Uh, what's the word? A bit resting on the laurels a bit. Um, idle, I guess. Idle, yeah, especially during in the regular season. Yeah, just kind of. Uh, uh, just chuck Penny out for another one of those fourth downs. Ah, yeah, who cares? No one's seen this before, right? I think you may have a point there that we've seen them on the grand stage for so often. And really, what what beat what beat the Chiefs outside of a battered O-line was just pressure, pressure packages. So if people keep bringing the pressure, like, yeah, you can have the greatest quarterback you can have arguably the best quarterback in the league right now scrambling then, for his life on every turn like you're playing Madden and you're out I, from 20 and you're still converting 60 yards. But that's Madden. How often mm-hmm. is that going to pan out in real life? Because we saw it in the Super Bowl. We saw it in the last Super Bowl. It did not pan out. So you're saying um, that the pass rush was the problem for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and that could be a problem going forward. You realize that in their own division, they've got to face Joey Bosa, Von Miller, Chubb. They have to play the Browns with Miles Garrett. The Ravens have a good pass rush. The Steelers have TJ Watt. They they go up against quite a few good pass rushing teams. I just don't see it being easy enough for them to go 16-1 and this year. And I see that. I think, honestly, in my case, I've sold the farm on this team. But... I think that they will find a way to overcome it. And mm. like they're they're in getting absolutely drubbed by the Buccaneers on the grandest stage. Like that's uh, some yeah. va- that's some valuable tape. That right. could it could also spark a fire under them. They might not necessarily, True. necessarily that, that could, that could expose yeah. the weakness that everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, we've got them now. All right. So well. My thoughts on the Chiefs are, are as such. Like, first of all, that Super Bowl loss, uh, you you had the situation where we found out what it'd be like if Patrick Mahomes played for the Bengals. That's the Bengals I picked to go in, uh, eight and nine earlier in the podcast. By the way, so yeah, you know, take that for what is worth. Uh, but uh, we also found out was like when the weekend is the only player and only person in red to make it into the end zone that night. But the Super Bowl side, I think the AFC still goes through Kansas City at the moment. I still think they're the class of the conference. I think they'll win the division. I think they'll have the best record. I think they'll have the number one seed. I don't know that they'll get to the Super Bowl again this year, but I think they'll get to the AFC Championship. We will get to that, but I still think the 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 league goes through Kansas City for now until proven otherwise. Okay, they are basically the new age Patriots in that way. So, are you saying you have the Patriots winning the the AFC Championship? Before you answer, that's our next section: the playoffs. Nice segue. Hey. Yeah. So we've been through division by division. Let's take a look at the how we feel the playoffs are going to 
pan out in the AFC side of the bracket. Let's start with Kyle. First of yes. all, tell us who you have in the playoffs. And then the yes, so I have the seventh seed Indianapolis Colts, the sixth seed Miami Dolphins, the fifth seed Baltimore Ravens, the fourth seed Tennessee Titans, the third seed Buffalo Bills, and the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so is that that's uh, Browns, Browns, Colts, Dolphins, Bills? Correct. And Ravens, Titans. Correct. Okay. So how do you have them going? Uh, I'm going to be mean to everybody by saying that I have, at least in this case, it's uh, all the home teams. So I have uh, Cleveland being the Colts. I'm really sorry, Tomlin. I have the Bills edging out the Dolphins. And I have uh, in what might be seen as an upset, but I've seen it before and I'll see it again because the Baltimore Ravens are butter in a microwave in the playoffs. They they did beat the Titans earlier this year in the playoffs in Tennessee. They did? Oh, yeah. There goes my my narrative then. Oh, well. Uh, Mon the upset. Mon uh, Titans over the Ravens. So you've got Chiefs, Titans, and uh, Bills, Browns. Browns. Bills at Browns, Titans at Chiefs. How do you see them going? Uh, one more time with uh, those lineups. You should know it's your prediction. I it's, sorry, it's a screenshot. Okay, it would be Tennessee at Kansas City and Buffalo at Cleveland, I believe. Cleveland Chiefs for your conference, and that's going to be well, again a nice tasty repeat because again they were a Chad Henney fourth down conversion away from actually doing it. So you've got the Chiefs repeating as AFC champions. No, I have the Browns trouncing. I have the I have the Browns beating the Chiefs. So you're according to Cal Balfour, your 2022, I guess, AFC champions will be the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Stuart, let's hear your playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it's 2021 rather than 2020, to be honest. Uh, 2022. 2022. 21 uh, slash 22 for the pedantic. There, there we go. But yeah, uh, so my playoff positioning is the first seed will be the Chiefs, second seed uh, the Bills, third seed the Ravens, fourth seed the Colts, fifth seed the Dolphins, sixth seed the Titans, and seventh seed the no, six seed the Chargers and seven seed the Titans. I have the Browns missing the playoffs. Uh, what does that make your matchups? It, it makes it uh, Bills, Titans, Ravens, Chargers, and Colts, Dolphins, funnily enough. <laughs> You're about to make an enemy. Um, <laughs> let's, let, let's, hear, let's hear it. Very much so. Well, I've, I've gone with. I've gone with the home teams all winning in the wild card. I'm afraid for you. Uh, I have the Buffalo Bills beating Blatant the Tennessee. Blatant bias, obviously. I have the Bills beating the Titans. I have the Ravens beating the uh, Chargers and the Colts beating the Dolphins. I'm afraid for you, mate. Ah, you're wrong Blatant. on those two because uh, I, I I watched Ravens Chargers and that was 
agonizing. Blatant bias. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, and that too. Uh, I don't okay. like the Ravens that much. I like the Ravens, but not that much. Come on. So, so that. So, talk us through the divisional round for you. Okay, so I have Chiefs, Colts, and Bills, Ravens. I was sorely tempted because the Colts' defensive line actually matches up very well against the Chiefs' offensive that is, line. Yeah, um, that's true, but I think I'll go ahead. I think that's where our journey would end. I think the, I've got an AFC Championship repeat from last year. I've got Chiefs beating the Colts, and I've got the Bills beating the Ravens. So, Bills, Chiefs, and who have you got going through to the Super Bowl representing the AFC? I've gone for the upset. I have gone for the Buffalo Bills to break through the glass ceiling and finally make it back to the Super Bowl. I think it's their time. They were desperately close last year. I think they get over the hump this year. So, your AFC champions for the 2021-2022 season, according to Stuart Tomlin, will be the Buffalo Bills. So, I'll tell you how it's really going to happen. <laughs> Dolphins so winning the Super Bowl? Of course. No, uh, let, right. So I've got the Chargers as the seventh seed, sixth seed Miami, fifth seed Baltimore, fourth seed Indianapolis, third seed Buffalo, second seed Kansas City, and the Browns as the first seed, which means we have Ravens at Colts, Dolphins at Bills, and Chargers at Chiefs. And I've gone with Chiefs beating the Chargers. Bills beating the Dolphins because I'm not a dirty little homer like you, Stuart. <laughs> wow. 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 Tell us how you really you. feel. <laughs> I'm joking, Stuart. I'm joking. Bills beating the Dolphins. It's in Buffalo in January. We're not with it that one. And I have the Baltimore Ravens beating the Indianapolis Colts. Boo. Uh, that we, that leaves us with the divisional round of Buffalo at Kansas City and Baltimore at Cleveland. I've gone with the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns losing to the Baltimore Ravens Ooh. because of the Browns and they don't they don't get to be happy too much. <laughs> you know, eventually, that's, something's that's mean. Go that's mean. That gives us an AFC championship of the Baltimore Ravens at the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. And the Ravens go to the Super Bowl. Wow. That is a bold strategy, Cotton. I quite like it, actually. Road Warriors, all their games on the road, all wins, beating the Colts. The Browns and the Chiefs on the way to the NFL to the Super Bowl. I admittedly was toying with the Ravens potentially beating the Bills and then getting past the Chiefs as well, but I ended up going for the Bills instead. But that is quite like our pick. I just think I look at the team they've built around Lamar. I really like the offense, the the wide receivers they've brought in. Mm. They've got a pretty good offensive line, obviously a brilliant running game, and their defense is always pretty solid. Uh, I think winning in Tennessee last year, despite somebody forgetting that happened, <laughs> um, I think that <laughs> I think that'll give them a bit of 
a bit more confidence going into the playoffs. Uh, I think we, I've got the Browns winning the division, but fifth seed Baltimore managing to upset three teams in the playoffs and make it through. Maybe not. I don't think because they're I've got them thirteen and four beating the ten and seven Colts, so that one's probably not an upset. But the other two. So the question I have for you, Chris, mm-hmm. you think finally, finally the Ravens will get it together in the playoffs. Yes. And stop uh, serving up soft scoop. Yes. They beat the Titans. So they've already, that narrative should be over. Um, yeah, there, think, there goes there goes my fallacy. Whoops. I can, I can think <laughs> of a couple of Ravens fans who would be very happy with that prediction. Well, presumably all Ravens fans would be happy with that. <laughs> oh no, because they're all a, an arrogant bunch. I know a couple that I know. It's a foregone conclusion for them. They're like Mets fans. I'm just imagining a couple of Ravens fans going, well, I want us to get past the divisional round, but all the way to the Super Bowl, that's just too much. (laughs) That that (laughs) would disappoint me. If we go out and win, I mean, that's just costing us draft spots at that point. I mean, God, that would just that would just tear into our reputation as a as a leading as a leading yeah. franchise. You know, I'm, I'm making that joke. I know for a fact if the Dolphins make the Super Bowl, there'll be somebody complains that we've cost ourselves draft points. Draft points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, with every cloud, there's a silver lining. With every silver lining, oh, there's a cloud. Actually, actually, not this year. Because we don't have our own pick, we've got the 49ers. So it won't happen this year. But if we make the play, if we make the Super Bowl next year, people will complain about draft position. <laughs> There'll be at least one person. It's all right. There'll be some other player that you can trade off for like three futures. <laughs> I, I like that all three of us had a different AFC champion this year. Yes, it's nice. Again, it's, it's it? playoffs. Hmm. So. As a result of that, I'd like to con- congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs on their thir- third straight AFC Championship upcoming. Yeah, interesting that none of us picked the Chiefs to win the AFC this year. Yeah. I think I think it's because it would be the boring pick. It's because I've, I've got all my stock in Cleveland Browns. Well, I, I was going to ask uh, Stuart um, if he could give us his reasons for the Bills making the, the Super Bowl. Since I gave me reasons for the Ravens. Well, as I said, when I uh, said that I think this is the year they get over the hump, I really like what they, they've been doing the last few, the last couple of years. I think they are, I hate to say it, Chris, they are the best team in the AFC East at the moment. And we'll see. They were just that close, you know? Yeah. They were that close. I will say one thing that could very much derail Bills this year is their uh, is is COVID, because a lot of their players yeah. seem to be unvaccinated. Um, Isaiah McKenzie's posted um, on today uh, his vaccination card to prove he has been vaccinated, so that's one down. Yeah, well, uh, it, yeah. then you have uh, Cole Beasley. Yeah, but the league's the league's talking about bringing in a vaccine mandate, which will go down like a lead balloon, but would probably prevent the the Bills from costing themselves playoff spots and championships. 
I I think I obviously I have them winning the division. I think they're you're right. They are the best team in the division on paper right now. And until the Dolphins can prove otherwise, or the Patriots can prove otherwise, then it's the Bills' division to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just I I think to get so close and just fall short. I and, and the way they fell short as well, they got hammered by the Chiefs. And everything that's gone on with the the vaccine stuff, I, I don't know if the Bills are ready for that next step quite yet. Okay, well, Kyle, why uh, talk us through why you picked the the Cleveland Browns? I was just more. I was hearing it a lot more on uh, the Bootleg Podcast, uh, but I just I can't name a weakness, like an outlying, like target that bet of this team on the Cleveland Browns. Like really the weakest that I could say is Baker Mayfield. And even then, like I think Baker Mayfield is at least a good quarterback mm-hmm. and they had a uh, camp Mayfield and it's all about getting connections and chemistry and reestablishing things uh, with their wide receivers. Cause yeah, the, yeah, they weren't off to the great start because no team was off to a great start uh, last season. Well, except except the Pittsburgh Steelers, but that was that was luck. Let's just call it what it was. So for the Browns, like ultimately, like this is a team that is finally, finally assembled the jigsaw. Yeah, yeah, and that's. It, it's finally come together. They have great players, top to bottom, in all designated areas. They have a real coach. They have a great general manager. They have great coaching staff. They have a good quarterback. They have a great wide receiving core. Brilliant tight ends. One of the best dual running backs since uh, Kamara and Ingram at New Orleans. This is a team that it has to work. It has to not even Cleveland can Cleveland this. <laughs> this is free play on an arcade machine. Well, if anyone can Cleveland it, it's definitely Cleveland. Not, not this. Not this. Not this. Can I, can I just point out that two years ago, if you had, if I told you that the three predictions we would make would be okay, Baltimore but Cleveland and Buffalo to make to, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you were like, right, here's a team that's, here's Cleveland who is still absolutely dead on arrival where Bud Light is actually literally offering the city free beer uh, yeah. if they win a damn game. Maybe more than three years because the Bills made the playoffs, but, but, but you know. They, they were they were on the rise. They were still like, they were treading in an upward direction, but we it was mm-hmm. still ifs and buts. But I, I, I get your point. I get your point. Well, that's all the time we have for you this week. What are your predictions for the AFC this season? Do you think we're bang on the money or crazy, crazy people? Let us know on our Facebook page. In the meantime, we'll be back later in the week with our NFC preview. But for now, on behalf of Stuart Tomlin. Thank you very much. And Cal Balfour. Pleasure as always, gentlemen. Have a great week.